Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes. This is Reconstructed Faith. Well, welcome back to the Reconstructed Faith Podcast. My name is Colson Lechner, alongside my partners in crime, Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes. Um, and today we have a special guest in, in studio with us. Yes. And so I'm going to throw it over to Bryn to do kind of our, our introduction. So Bryn, take it away. Yeah, yeah. Um, in studio, so fun. A lot of times we have to do calls. But yeah, I'm really excited. Our guest today is a longtime friend of mine. Catherine Covington. Do you go by Catherine or Missy still? Because growing up, I definitely called you Missy. Yeah, no. It, everybody that met me post like 2009 calls me Catherine. Okay, so, so we'll just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm really excited. So Catherine and I grew up together, have been friends for a long time, but yeah. kind of lost touch for a number of years in adulthood. Yeah. And then have reconnected recently, which has been super fun. So fun. Yep. Moved and back to Texas. So yeah, she came like, back. Time to hit up the cool people. And Brent was one of them. <laughs> For That's sure. what she's telling me anyway. That's right. <laughs> um, but Catherine grew up yeah, in the church and we took like worldview and apologetics classes together. Absolutely, Probably yeah. public speaking. Were we in public speaking together? Yeah, I think all so. the things. I mean, I took Chris Sherrod's apologetics class actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you know he and Chris like were the original, um, and well, and Colson, the, the original partners, the original in crime. partners yeah. in crime on the podcast. Yeah, they yes. started Absolutely. it. Yeah. Then, we, yeah, yeah. then we upgraded. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, 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 sure. No, Hashtag they just were like, oh no, right. we need somebody. Yeah. Chris is gone. Um, exactly. Oh, yeah, wow. but <laughs> Catherine and I took worldview and apologetics together, and then I guess you took some classes that I didn't, um, and then. In adulthood, I think you do you consider yourself agnostic now? Is that what um, you it's a, well, we'll get into we it later. Into it'll be, it. it'll yeah. be really interesting, but yeah, um, but yes, sort of. I guess that's the most simple explanation yeah. I can come to, yeah, but, but it feels oversimplified, yeah, for obvious. sure. It doesn't it always, um, yes. but all that to say, I'm excited because for a number of reasons. One, Catherine is super fun and I love her as a friend, but she's also well read, very articulate. Um, a great thinker and we had just been talking and I was like hey this is kind of crazy but do you want to come on the podcast because you're gonna have a different perspective than a lot of our guests and we've talked before and even talked I think in the last episode about how the value of talking to people that you don't necessarily agree on everything with especially Absolutely. when it comes to religion and faith and that we want to keep learning and growing and so we want to hear your story and we want our listeners to hear your story to see what we can learn and how we can grow um, and just demonstrate that, like, you don't have to agree on everything to have a cordial, good conversation. Yeah. I and think I, if you're only surrounding yourself with people that agree with you on every mm -hmm. point, like, what's the point of an echo chamber? You know, just listen to yourself talk. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> like, listen. I love talking to people that I disagree with. Like, yep. they're some of my favorite conversations. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for all those reasons, I'm really excited about today. And thanks for, for coming. And of course. It's going to be a great time. I'm so glad you guys invited me. Um, but if we want to start out, you can just tell your story, whatever part of that you want to tell. Yeah. Um, um yeah. I'll try to keep it pretty short. Um, starting with, oh, like, no, don't. Okay. Take your time. No, okay. No, that's the more, the better. <laughs> I love how I've, I've been listening to a few of y'all's podcasts, like in preparation for this. So um, and I love how short y'all's podcasts are. And I'm, I'm like, and then I'm going to get on there and it's gonna be like, well, this is a two hour episode. <laughs> oh no, we'll, we'll, we'll divide it we'll into five episodes. <laughs> no worries. But I do love how short and listenable they are. Yeah. Um, but starting with kind of a, a disclaimer, um, 
some of the some of the things that I'm going to talk about um, involving like decisions my parents made and how they raised me are kind of some hurtful, hard truths sometimes. Mm. So I'm sure that there's going to be some people that listen to this that that know my family. Mm. And so, you know, if you're listening to this, maybe don't text my mom and be like, hey, you should listen to this podcast (laughs) with Catherine, Mm, you know, because Mm. um, there's there's nothing that I'm not trying to villainize anyone in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I have the privilege of being able to say that I have two parents that loved me and sacrificed a lot of their own financial gains and, and personal, uh, mental stability and all of these things to try and do what they thought was best for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that I, I so many people in my life can't say, right. Yeah. So there's going to be things that I'm going to discuss and say, Hey, I, I don't agree with this. And I don't think this was the right choice. And I don't think this was the right decision, but I'm not trying to villainize anybody and be like, oh, they were wrong for this. Like they genuinely were doing what they thought was best. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact that it might have had long-term consequences. Right. Mm-hmm. So Makes sense. um some yeah, of the truths good. are hurtful. So maybe if you're listening to this, don't be like, Charles, listen to this. <laughs> you know? Um, but starting with that little disclaimer, but growing up, I I my family was a very active part of IBLP. Um, which is now a bit notorious thanks to the shiny happy people that came out on Amazon. Yeah. Um, the Duggars are like kind of the the photo perfect family. Mm. Um, like the poster. The, yeah, they're the poster children. children. Many yeah. poster children. The, the for- 20 children, <laughs> poster children for, for um, IBLP or ATI was kind of the parent organization. And that one didn't get talked about as much, but ATI was the overarching parenting organization, which then fed into things like IBLP, Alert, um, Excel, all of these offshoots of um, ATI. So my family was very, very active in that. And if you're not familiar with IBLP, it is an extremely legalistic, extremely patriarchal. Um, I, I don't even know the right words, I guess, for it, but um, dogmatically mm-hmm. um, legalistic and um, basically teaching curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, they had their own homeschool curriculum. They had the answers and the solutions to absolutely everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, my parents did not grow up in a Christian household whatsoever. Um, and for my mother, it was a pretty traumatic household as well. Um, and so when she decided she was going to start having kids, she wanted better for her family than she had. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, they started going to a church that was largely, um, ATI families, ATI, IBLP families. And so for the first time, my, my mom saw this structure of, oh my goodness, the, the father's active and the father makes all the decisions and he's in control and in authority and the mother's nurturing and kind and loving and all of these things. And then the kids are perfect, you know, cause that's, <laughs> that's always the image the that's presented, right? <laughs> yep. And, uh. and it was the first time I think she ever saw that family dynamic in real time of, oh, this is, this is what I would want my life to maybe look like. And so, um, they, just dove headfirst into it, you know, trying to avoid their lifestyle and their childhood. Mm. Um, and, and we were a part of that probably until I was pretty actively until I was about 14, 15. Um, we lived really close to what I call the compound. Um, (laughs) but it was, it was the campus where they did all of their conferences and, um, 
retreats and all the things. And so we would work out there as a family. My dad's a physician and he always volunteered for like medical help. And so we were a very, very active part of that for a lot of years. Um, their curriculum is called the wisdom books. Um, and we went through all of them every, every year. It was like a yearly thing. We would do all 52, um, wisdom books <laughs> and, um, thankfully the, the my same parents, ones? Uh, yeah, it's the same ones and you would redo them because there's always something new to gain from it. Uh, just like the Bible. Um, and oh yeah. gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's, that, um, that language is a little, just like the Bible. Huh? Just mm, like the Bible. Okay. There's always something new to gain from it. Uh. Um, <laughs> and thankfully my parents really value education. And so I know a big complaint from other ATI or IBLP members is that they didn't receive a good homeschool education. My parents supplemented the wisdom book with, you know, calculus and physics because a lot of families just did the wisdom they books just and not did the wisdom book. yeah. and that's kind of how they were marketed they okay. were marketed as an end-all be-all this is all you need you know mm. and um yeah even like over the bible in some ways right I yeah mean, it's kind of like mean, their version of it was it. like this is the interpretation obviously you need to read your bible and obviously you need to do your own studies but this is the conclusion that you should be coming to regardless Oof. you know right um and a caveat here too. My, I was talking with my brothers in like preparation. Be like, hey, you know, why do you what 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 do you remember about this? And so mm -hmm. they're everybody had their each individual experience, right? I'm I'm the only girl in my family. Um, I'm the youngest of four, and I have three older brothers, and they all have a slightly different experience. So this is mine. Mm -hmm. um, right. If sure. it's something pretty aggressively different, I'll probably like bring in their perspective. But yeah, we were we were part of it till. I was about 14 and then, um, this is one of the places where we diverge, um, in beliefs, but one of my brothers says he remembered they would do a yearly conference every year. It was huge. Thousands and thousands of people. And, um, one of my brothers remembers that conference being our last one and Bill Gothard, who was the... Oh. The leader of IBLP. Um, I didn't make that connection. Yeah. I grew up with some Bill Gothard stuff too. I didn't know yeah. that. And you did too, didn't you? Well, no. I mean, we had a lot of friends that were in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. Brynn and I had a had a big overlap, but thankfully her family wasn't <laughs> in on the cult. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I was around it. So not, yeah. that one was a big, that conference was really focusing on trusting and faith in God. And uh, Bill Gothard at one point, I remember him saying something about basically if you have enough faith and you have enough trust in God, there's no reason to ever seek medical, um, yes. um, <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> solutions for anything ever. Uh, um, because if it's the will of God, you'll be healed regardless mm -hmm. of chemotherapy or regardless of any sort of medical treatment. And, wow. and my mom's a nurse and my dad's a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so one of my siblings remembers that being like the hard point of like, no, we're done. Right. Um, me and then the rest of my siblings don't remember that like hard cut off. Yeah. But it kind of ended up being we started spending more time with we started getting a really good community in Tyler really around from about 10 to 14 of my age, 10 to 14 mm -hmm. of other families who are still Christian, who are still homeschooled, who still had a lot of our similar values. But it wasn't as stringent, you know, it wasn't strangling. These are the things you have to believe or, 
you know, if you wear pants, you're a sinner or, (laughs) you know, as a woman, (laughs) as a woman, obviously, obviously the men can do whatever they want. Um, (laughs) It's a joke, but is it? But Um, but I do think that's interesting insight. So it's like, so you're right. So when I say grace, aggressively patriarchal, Mm -hmm. I mean, I grew up for the first most of my life, I, I did not think that I was going to go to college because there was no need for me to have a college degree because I was going to be um, a homemaker. That was that wow. was that was going to be my job. Now um, I have a degree in engineering um, and work in a male dominated field. So I clearly moved pretty, pretty strongly away from that. But I didn't think I was going to college. I didn't think that I would move out of my parents home until I found a husband. I thought that I was going to be from one covering to another. Correct. Correct. The you you guys have all seen the notorious umbrellas of protection authority. Right. right? right. And and we that was taken extremely seriously in the home, Um, which was really interesting because um, my father is a very passive person. He mm-hmm. is not authoritarian at all. He is not the power hungry <laughs> anything, mm-hmm. right? Like and a so, tyrant or something like no, that. Yeah. No, 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 no. And I can see one of I remember one of the comments that was in Shiny Happy People is that it made every man the god of their own home. Mm-hmm. And right. that truly is the structure that was set up for that. Thankfully my dad didn't take advantage of that. He's just a very sweet, kind, mm-hmm. passive person. Yeah. Um but my mom tried to enforce that through him. So, mm-hmm. you know, like she, she was a big, <laughs> my mother is an authoritarian person. She's a very strong personality. Um, and so I think that that really called to her because it was like, Hey, you don't have to make all the decisions. Mm-hmm. You don't have to lead everything. Right. You know, you are now, you can take a step back mm-hmm. and you can rely on somebody else and it's somebody else's decisions and somebody else's responsibility instead of your own. And I think that really, really called to her. Mm-hmm. And so she tried to enforce that through him. Um, but yeah, umbrellas of protection, mm-hmm. you know, from, from one, uh, from dad to husband was supposed to be my. Oh yeah. Cause you were saying you're the only girl. Yeah. The, yeah. I'm the only girl. And so it was really interesting growing up with that, um, and again, it comes down to hurtful truths. Um, you know, growing up, it really felt like, oh, I, I am not the priority. Mm-hmm. I am, I am being raised for someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, you need to be this. So you'll be a good wife and you need to do this. Mm-hmm. So you'll be, you'll be a good mother. And I was like, okay, I'm raised for this thing. And then it was always so focused on you know, men and leadership skills for men and you need, you know, they need to be leaders in their home and leaders in the society and in their community Mm. and in their job. And I always had a very strong personality (laughs) (laughs) for lack of a better term. And I always was a take charge kind of person, you know? And so being told literally daily, you're wrong for that. You are wrong for being the way that you are. And that is sin for you to be this strong personality, for you to try and step over um, a man in any sort of leadership role or any sort of teaching role or anything, you know, um, you just need to be less constantly every mm-hmm. single day. My my parents had a 
a a book that was literally called raising a strong-willed child that sat on my mom's nightstand for the entirety of my life um (laughs) and it was it was genuinely about and i i don't mean this in 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 a mean way but it was genuinely about breaking the will of a strong-willed child and so and i think a lot of people hear something like that and they're like oh they want to villainize it immediately of like, Oh, how dare, how could you want to break your child? But at the same time, if you look at the, the facts that they were given of like, Oh, we have a sinful nature Mm -hmm. and for Catherine to be holy for Catherine to be the best Christian she can be. This is what we need to do. And this is the fight we're going to fight. And man, did we fight? Um, (laughs) And, but like, it was way harder for them to enforce that, that, level of discipline and that level of I mean I guess discipline's pretty much the best Mm. word for that um daily than it would have been to just let me be strong-willed right so they did it because they thought they were making me into something that God wanted me to be Mm -hmm. right so it's it was it truly wasn't like a power trip it wasn't like oh well we have to be in charge of Mm -hmm. you know your every thought, your every action. It was, we want you to be in compliance with God. And we are the, the, um, the people that basically decide what that is for mm. you. And, and this is what we're taught and this is what we believe. So yeah. we're going to enforce that. Man. Um, so yeah, it was, it was tough growing that, up. So can I interrupt no, you please, quick? please interrupt with any questions. So, at any point. Um, so you're saying y'all were really in, involved until you were 14. Did that, you know, after that change, your community changed a little bit. Did it, did you feel like that, like it, it shifted a bunch as far as like how, how, how your parents' relationship and yours changed? So the way that IBLP is set up, it is, mm-hmm. is worldwide. It is not yes. like a, a local thing, right? They, they had training institutes and they were called training institutes in wow. case you wondered how culty it sounded. Um, in Russia, in Peru, they were all over. So I don't think I realized that. Yeah. At least growing up, I had no idea. That China, was that. Russia, yeah. um, Jason, my oldest brother spent a year and a half in Russia working, um, in that training institute, um, at like, 16 I think he was really young um but so it was it was you would come together in whether it be family camp or um the the IBLP conferences or um smaller groups I guess um but it wasn't a gathering like a like a church right so the people that we associated with in ATI we didn't see super often. Yeah. It wasn't like, Hey, this is our, our, our daily community. Right. Um, it was when we lived at Lubbock is the, where we first lived. And that was the church that almost everyone was a member of ATI. And that's what got my parents into it. But then when we moved to Tyler, um, we started kind of branching out a little bit. We started making more friends that were just good homeschool Christian people. Um, you know, my parents got involved in Tachi and, um, Tyler area Christian home educators for those. Yes. That's right. Okay. Thank you, Bryn, for that acronym. Cause I was yes. not aware. Um, <laughs> it's just like the name of it. <laughs> Wasn't your dad like president of it for a while? Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. I think. I think so too. Um, but we started getting involved in other 
And I think with other communities of people, and we have a really great core group of friends um, from that still to this day. Uh, But I think being around those people, it started softening my parents in a way. So it wasn't like a hard, we're done, we're moving on from this. Mm -hmm. It it was kind of a slow chipping away and and softening of, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, the goods wear pants and (laughs) you know Bryn wears pants and Bryn is a great person you know (laughs) maybe that didn't cultivate a rebellious spirit and want her to be a man so Mm. uh maybe that's okay you know and um it was it was a lot of battles and I did not understand the concept of choosing your battles as a child I picked every single one of them Mm. um and so I don't know if it was a combination on that hill and that hill and that one (laughs) every single hill was I I joke uh, I remember I I like joke and laugh with my dad a lot about hey do you remember 11 through 14 and he will just like roll his eyes because I think there was a screaming match like an absolute all out Mm. battle of wills I think every day about 11 through 14 Mm. as a child um with my mom but it uh (laughs) I think I had that too, but I don't think it was the same. <laughs> it, it was just, it was, it was every inch of, you know, every inch of ground just felt like Gettysburg. You know? It was, it was a yep. bloodbath and there was no, there was no simple, I chose every hill to die on and, and so did my mom, you know, mm. <laughs> um, which is kind of what I mean in like, she, but she was taught to do that. She was yeah. taught to do that. Correct. Right. Yeah. She, there was no, there was no grace. Yeah. You know, there was no, Hey, you know, maybe we don't need to fight this one. That yeah. wasn't, it was life or death. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but it, and it was like this carrot hanging of like, because if you do, then it'll produce whatever. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, it's just fascinating. And, and it was very much marketed to my parents. I don't know if these are exact words, but very much marketed to, Hey, if you do these things, your kids are going to turn out perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, so long as you follow these mm-hmm. principles or this curriculum or mm-hmm. this program, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And and I remember my mom did tell me one time she's like we really thought like absolutely thought that we could parent the evil out of our children. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, like we thought wow. that if we just did all the right things and we picked every fight and we didn't let anything go and we didn't let anything fall by the wayside and we made all the right decisions that you guys would be right, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not biblical um, at all. Like parent the sin out of them. Yeah. yeah. We, that we could just parent the sin out of our kids. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. dang, shocker. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah. So, Golly. but so I mean, let's, so fast forward to, you know, you graduate from high school. What, Correct. what is, what does that look like? So, by by the time we hit 14, I mean, things had l- loosened up, like I said, from being around all these other people that believed differently and were mm-hmm. still good people and we still thought we we're probably going to go to heaven. Um, so things kind of slowly laxed off um, as far as like I could wear pants. Um, I could leave the home without another member of my family to watch me. Um, but probably around 15 or 16 is when I was like, Hey, I I really want to go to college. Mm -hmm. Like I want to go to school. And at first I was like, I really enjoy math. I enjoy science. Um, and so at first I, I mean, even going into college, I chose 
a teaching major because that was still, you know, one of the more acceptable, one of the more nurturing parenting type. Um, no shame to any teachers. I didn't do it because I hated it. But uh, <laughs> but it's like, but like from where you're coming from, it's like it well, was that's still a, that's more it was of still an like an entry thing. point, yeah, yeah, correct? Yeah. Right? Like I'm still gonna parent and homeschool my kids, so why not have a teaching degree? And this is kind of a, a placeholder, right? Mm. So. Um, I went to college and I, I really wanted to go to college out of state. Um, I wanted to go to Colorado state university and, and my parents were like, no, we really don't want you to move out of the house. We don't want you to be so far away from any sort of protection or authority and all of that. So, I mean, I was 17 when I graduated high school. Um, so instead of going to college, they sent me to Peru because that was not too far away uh, for, <laughs> I've forgotten this. Um, but Peru, I, Peru, Texas, right? No, Peru, oh, Peru, gotcha. Peru. Um, but I, I worked at a, a school there um, with, um, he used to be our pastor and then he started an orphanage and, mm -hmm. and school for underprivileged children there, which are basically all children. Um, and so I, I worked there for about six months. I lived and worked there. And then wow. when I came back, I started going to college at UT Tyler so that I could live at home so I could still be kind of under that protection. Um, and I was an education major with a math minor. And then I pretty quickly learned that I hate teaching and mm. that is not, not the move for me. And so I actually changed my major from education to engineering my sophomore year. And I, I just didn't ask. Mm. I, I didn't, I was just like, well, this is what's happening and this is what I'm going to do. I, I it wasn't like secretive about it. I was just like, Hey guys, I hate teaching. You know, UTS is a really great program where you teach, you student teach from your very first semester and not, not it's a, a lot, idea. but like you're in the classroom from your very first semester building lessons plans. Right. And I was like, Hey, I experienced this and I, I hate it and it's <laughs> not for me and I'm really good at math. So, and I think partially one of the reasons why it was a little more acceptable. Um, I'm Asian for those on the podcast that can't see me. Mm. Um, and so pursuing something like engineering made my dad really happy. Mm. So um, I think my mom let it go because of that. <laughs> my dad's undergraduate was actually in engineering. And no then, he went, and then he went to medical school. Right. So he's like the wow. perfect Asian, right? He was doctor and engineer. Um, wow. But yeah, so that was, kind of a battle i i guess at that point that shows how much evolution had happened because that was a battle they did choose not to fight and they're okay. at this point or they just thought i was past hope and they were <laughs> one like, or oh. the other <laughs> <laughs> catherine's a hopeless cause at this point wow <laughs> that's fat that, that whole um i've never thought of it defined this way but this idea that everything is the law everything is a battle to be fought everything like that's kind of the definition of the of pharisaical way of engaging absolutely. with anything religious absolutely. like no no rubbing together the two pieces of wheat in order to, to munch them in the field on a sabbath like no that's no. a battle we're, that's a hill we're gonna die on and yeah like everything like is a hill you when die you wear on. it upon your head you are literally wearing it upon your head and yeah. there is no wearing the scriptures upon your head i mean right right you, between your eyes yeah or between your yeah, eyes yeah. and upon your wrists and yeah, and that's a literal translation, and there is no no fighting that, you know? That just would not even be possible, though. I mean, aside from the fact that there is no temple to sacrifice things, that would make the yeah. entire Hebrew scriptures almost impossible to... Mm. Absolutely. Apply. That's, that is so, That sounds exhausting for everybody. Oh, it Kids, was. Kids, parents, yeah. everything My mother has white, white hair. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is silver white and Thanks has been for a while. You. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she absolutely blames it on me. You can't wow. do it. Wow. Um, That's intriguing. Yeah. It so is. And, and because, because it was such, like you said, you, the Old Testament, you cannot translate literally like that. You yeah. know, you can't apply it. You can't way. apply yeah. it right. correctly. Yeah. You can translate it literally correct, but you can't apply it to your life because one, we're not Jewish. And right. two, they're the old laws. Um, yeah. You know, we don't have to sacrifice a sheep every every month and or right. every year, and we're really glad about that. <laughs> uh, where would you even find sheep? <laughs> <laughs> but because of that, that's what led to, oh, look at the wisdom books. And oh, look mm. at you know, these, these teachings and they've already done the legwork. They've done the interpretation and this right. is correct. Right. Yeah, they've done that for you. They've done that for you. Again. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really amazing. Yeah. And it's no wonder that's something that what something, there's always something to push against. There's always something to fight back against. Always. Always. Huh. always. In both directions. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be a sense of peace or. No, there was no or, peace. Yeah. There was no peace. There was no. Um, grace, there was no like, oh, mm. just rest in him. You know, mm-hmm. that wasn't, I mean, that was said obviously because it's in the scripture, but there was no practical application of that. Interesting. You are always wrong. You are never doing enough. You Oof. are, and you need to be doing more. Which is like unintentionally presenting a gospel that it's not teaching. Like it's, it's antithetical to the gospel that it's teaching. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the, um, the basketball I don't know if you've heard, I don't know if this came up in one of the ones you listened to, but the, I remember years ago hearing an example of a, like a basketball coach who tells his team they've shoot and miss the first half. And so he tells them next person who shoots and misses sits out the rest of the game, the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's trying to, he allegedly he's trying to motivate excellence, but all he does is motivate. No one will ever shoot. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, you can't get anyone to shoot as, and as if God, that would be God's perspective on us as humans is to go, listen, you mess up and you're just kind of out of here. Right. I'm done with you. And like, well, then you did a bad job creating us. If right. you want us to be perfect, yeah, you, you might to... should have created a very different race of beings. Correct. And like if you, I mean, the the verse that was just used over and over, be holy as I am holy, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, well, God's calling us to this holiness. And if you're not living it, you're failing, right? Oof. And it's like, and failure is inevitable. Of course it is. Like, right. we're not perfect. Yeah. We are, you know, naturally evil. And, you know, humans are not basically good. So you're going to fail and you're going to feel like a failure at all times. And you need to keep being perfect. Wow. And Oof. yeah. Like so it's unattainable super goal. healthy <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't affected my adulthood in any way. <laughs> okay. That was, I, I don't know if you know, I'm a counselor as well as a pastor. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, so, yeah. so we know some, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I spent a I'm, lot of money on therapy. I'm, guys, sitting, let here me thinking, tell you. I'm sitting here thinking, like, how do you even enter into these conversations without the hypervigilance of, am I being brainwashed again? Right. What is that? Like, how do you even have those conversations? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, like these. You like have a lot of them. About. And there's <laughs> lot, oftentimes tears, you know. Mm-hmm. So if I start crying, you know, it's fine. It's nothing I haven't cried about before. It's okay. <laughs> Same. Um, you and I both have to give ourselves uh, grace to cry. We're both <laughs> like, it's fine. I can it's cry. Fine. It's I can fine. cry. I can cry. It's okay. The first okay. few times I cried on staff, I was like, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And everyone's like. Why are you Why? No, yeah, apologizing? <laughs> it's, it's okay to express we emotions. We cry here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's one of those really difficult things in an answer to one of the things you said, Colson, about, you know, what did that look like going into adulthood? Mm-hmm. I mean, over the last 10 years of my life, 
Um, I'm 30 now. So over the last like 10 years, I have had this weird parallel of duality where I still believe and do not believe everything I was ever taught. Right. So mm. I'm, you know, an agnostic question mark um, in that I don't believe in Christianity, but at the same time I get outraged when I see false doctrine, right? <laughs> when I see, when I see churches preaching and leading people astray and I get outraged, but it's like, okay, well, if you believe in false doctrine, that means you believe in correct doctrine, yeah, right? Exactly. So, so do you believe in it or do you not? And it's, it's this weird parallel of just, I, yes, you know, at this, mm. both, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm now married and my husband is amazing. Um, and, but it's this weird thing where he has never once asked me to be that, oh, well, you need to be at home and cooking and in charge and cleaning and, and you start popping out babies. That's, that's not our marriage at all. And never has been, he's never put that responsibility on me. But then if I see him get up and like go grab the vacuum cleaner, cause he thinks the house is dirty. I immediately feel guilt. Like that is my oh. initial, like my initial response of like, Oh, I should be doing that. That's not his responsibility. I'm a bad wife because I didn't do X, Y, Z. I didn't make mm -hmm. this home for him. And it's like, no, Catherine, like, he doesn't have a job right now and you <laughs> yeah. work 60 hours a week so he can vacuum. Right. You yeah. know, and like, yes. that's, that's okay. You know, he's an equal participant in this home, but like, and I, all of those things are in my head. Right. I still know them like clinically, but my initial reaction, just like you said, it's, it's brainwashing. Right. Yeah. And so I absolutely have been brainwashed. So that's still a parallel in my brain of you're not doing enough. You're mm. not good enough because mm. your husband cooked dinner. Why weren't you home in time to cook him dinner? And it's like, well, mm. because he's been home all day. <laughs> yeah, no. Right. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And mm. it, yeah, so it's, it's exhausting living yeah. with just this complete parallel at all times, you mm. know, and, and to be like, Hey, no, I, I don't believe that we have a personal relationship with God, but at the same time feeling betrayed by God. Right. It's mm. like, well, if you didn't have a personal relationship with him, then, <laughs> yeah. you know, mm. so it's, it's just this constant. It's almost the worst forth. of both worlds. I think we talked That's about this at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, because I think we, Catherine, we talked about this before, but it's almost like you have like the guilt and shame associated with an unhealthy relationship to God, but like at the same time, none of the benefits. Yeah, none of the benefits <laughs> of actually yeah, having like, a relationship. Yeah, yeah, it's exhausting. The, yeah, man. Yeah, Chris, so, you look like golly. you're gonna say something. Oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm wrapping my brain around this. That you're still stuck in an exhausting cycle. Yeah. It, it still no feels break. exhausting. I'm still picking every battle. Mm. Apparently. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I was like. There's a there's an empty way of life handed down to you by your forefathers. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I'm just dead on the hill. I've lost hills to die. I'm just dead on it. <laughs> oh Good. So, that sounds so, like that's a necessary step. Yeah, it's healthy. Way, right? yeah, yeah. So when did you feel like your beliefs started to change? Mm. Oh, great question. Mm -hmm. Um shockingly there was trauma involved <laughs> um so in college i was i still absolutely identified as a christian um and i went to church and still spent time with almost exclusively believers and it was probably around 21 22 somewhere in there that i started you know asking more questions and not 2021. Oh, no, you, age my 21. age. I was no, like, no, wait, what? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. My age, yeah, yeah, 21, yeah, yeah, gotcha. 22. Okay. I, that's a, that's a good clarification. Sorry. Um, no, you're fine. 
that I started, you know, asking questions and being like, okay, well, why is, why is this? And, and I had a great education and that's, what's one of the things that's really difficult is because every question I can come up with, you know, I hear Chris Sherrod's <laughs> apologetics class. I hear the answer or worldview course that was a five year long course yeah, i was trying to remember if we did all five years together i, I think we did i think we did um no because you graduated oh right so i so probably did you did three. the first like three yeah, yeah yeah um and then um i did the last but yeah, yeah just you i have all the textbook answers mm. but regardless of knowing the textbook answers i don't i don't see the evidence of it mm. in my life um mm. and then i think i mean if we're getting into the trauma warning um <laughs> kind of the the trigger of it all was I, I was engaged to sorry you're good again apologizing for crying um yep. i was engaged to uh i haven't cried about this in so long that's crazy um a really incredible person who uh truly was the definition of seeking like he he wanted to know all the answers he sought out the truth he asked all the questions he would seek out people that were very educated and very respected in their fields for mm. you know just wanting to know the truth and and um just did not did not find his answers um and he ended up actually committing suicide um oh good it, wow sorry you're good. You're okay. Well, if you can't cry about that, you can't cry about anything. Right? Yeah. Lots of heartbreak. Yeah. So he ended up committing suicide in 2017. And I think that obviously was kind of the antithesis of, I mean, the, the peak of some of that bitterness for sure. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like the audacity of like, Hey, you said seek and you shall find, mm -hmm. you know, knock on the door, she'll be open, but didn't find anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. Didn't no doors got open, you know? So, um, no um, apologizing for yeah. <laughs> from one. Seriously. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful that you're willing to be so vulnerable. Yeah. And oh, I, yeah. I mean, this is, kind of. this is great for us, but also, I mean, I'm also just thinking like the, your story is very impactful. Mm -hmm. This is. And I mean, yeah. I'm not over here being like, I know there's nothing new under the sun. Right. right. And I'm a big believer still, in that. So I'm not like, Oh, I have this problem that no one else has ever experienced. And there is no answer for it on the planet. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I am not, my hubris is not so <laughs> overinflated that I think mm -hmm. that I'm the only person that's experienced this or the only person that, um, has questions that can't get answered. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but, yeah, seeing seeing that and hearing a lot of people's people in the church's response to it mm. because oh, suicide gosh. is not a it's not a pretty sin. You know what mm. I mean? Like and people have terrible responses and answers. If, if it is horrific responses. Mm. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. I'd love to talk about that. Yeah. Um and it just kind of came down to it's like, hey, if this you know, if this person who is genuinely wonderful mm -hmm. and so kind and so selfless and earnest, I think is a good word. Just mm -hmm. very earnest in, in wanting the truth and wanting answers. Um, if they couldn't get it. It's like, I'm not really interested in mm -hmm. serving anyone or anything that 
doesn't accommodate that, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably a, a pretty serious breaking point. It was definitely leading up to that yeah. um, for sure up, up until then. Um, and then that was kind of a breaking point And I just lost kind of all interest in, and, I, and there were, Yes, there were some people that said horrible things, mm-hmm. um, but they were also wonderful people. I had a mm-hmm. great support system um, from his family, from other people in the church, from from friends, like truly wonderful support system. So I'm not saying like, oh, the church wasn't there and, and nobody was there to help or yeah. whatever. But um, it was I, I had a, a really good friend. It was Sherry Craig, actually, uh, <laughs> that. uh pretty soon after it happened, she came into work to talk to me one day and she was like, she had just gone through a divorce and she, thank you so much. And, uh, she was like, Hey, congratulations. We've got the, we've got the ugly things that the church doesn't like to talk about. Mm. She's like, you know, people don't want to talk about divorce and people don't want to talk about suicide. And Mm. you know, it's the ugly stuff that they just want to write off as wrong and evil in a matter of circumstance and easier not to talk about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. It's, it's way easier if you have cancer, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. Just yeah. Be like, Oh yeah, let's pray to be healed. Oof. And, um, let's, you know, pray for healing. And then if it doesn't happen, it's God's will, mm. you know, that's, uh, that was, gross up for simplification i'm not saying cancer is we easy <laughs> no, but I think, yeah yeah I, but you I, understand the, what i'm we saying. Hear what you're saying totally yeah it's easier to talk about it right. and grieve it or even celebrate the life of someone who dies because of cancer versus Correct. not many places can celebrate the life of someone who dies because of suicide yeah it's um yeah it's, it's an ugly it's an ugly situation. And so, um, she was just like, yeah. And so we're just going to be in it together. Mm -hmm. And, and Sherry was so wonderful for that. And we, um, she'd always come by and check on me and Mm. yeah, just, just a great person. But yeah, it's, it's an ugly one. And, and people don't like to talk about it and people don't like to get down to the source of it or any of that, you know, it's just often just written off as evil all Mm. around. Right. And, uh, selfish, selfish. Yeah. That's yeah. the shorthand. Yeah. It's always, we actually have two, if you're ever interested, we have two, I preached on it twice oh, here, suicide. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's an intriguing, it's a, maybe a longer conversation we can do at some point, but, um, you know, we have like five suicides in the Bible. Those people only can reference Judas. Okay. But we have Samson. Mm-hmm. We have, um, there's a guy, an unknown, a prophet who most people don't know who he is, but he commits suicide because okay. God won't refuses to fulfill his prophecy essentially. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then Saul, uh, King Saul who falls on his own sword. Yes. And now I'm forgetting the fifth one anyway. And then there's also the suicide attempt by a Roman guard mm-hmm. that Paul and, and, uh, and what's wild is those are not, the suicide itself is not, are not presented as sin. Right. Mm. Um, and so it may be, it may not be, but I think, um, one of the things we talked about is, you know, people commit suicide when they feel like there's only two options ahead of them, a long, slow, painful death or right. a quick death, Correct. relatively quick one. Yeah. And that's why depression is so dangerous is because depression creates the illusion of long, slow, painful, even Correct. when that's, even when there's not just two choices. Right. But none of us think it's sin when a Marine jumps on a grenade to save his friends, but Mm -hmm. that's suicide. Yeah. None of us think of it as a sin. I assume no one thought maybe some people, 
I'm sure some there's some people believe everything. Some, there's but, but somebody that believes everything. I am, I am yeah. sure that there's a chalk talk somewhere about yeah. what's his name that says it's sin. But the uh, um, who did we just say? I never can remember his name. What did we just say? Bill Gothard. Bill, Bill Gothard. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Bill Gothard also got charged with the sexual assault of minors for like on 14 different counts, I think. Mm. So uh, yeah. yeah, paint me hugely surprised. Sorry. Yeah, yeah this is my surprise. Yeah. Face. Something about Pharisees that. Uh, that, that <laughs> Anyway, something um, about power hungry yes, people that uh, write books that basically make them next to God. Yes. Shocking. The, they write things There's that are be like the Bible. There's going to be abuse of that power? No <laughs> yeah, way. No way. Uh, yeah, that's not human. That's not Christian theology. Oh, wait. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, exactly. Wait, it is. Um, but so, so when people jumped out of the World Trade Center, yeah. when it's you were going to burn alive, you're going to fall to your death. Those are your own, literally your only two choices. Yeah. We don't go like, oh, they're so selfish. No. And so the truth is, and people don't know these, that this is how this plays out. And so I, I, I will tell you, I think God does accommodate for those things. I think his judgment does accommodate for those things. I, I don't see how it couldn't. How, if, the, if it doesn't, there's a version of justice we know nothing about, right? right? Yeah. And so the version of justice that God gives us, that to whom much is given, much is required, and people who claim things are then responsible for them. Right. I mean... If you, if I work with depressed people all the time and even suicidal people yeah. all the time, and I, I think it's a huge mistake mm-hmm. to paint in large swaths when you're talking about stuff like mm-hmm. that. And for sure. And for you to have to face that with, again, I know we're not throwing anybody under the bus, although honestly, that church, I'm, I don't feel that bad about it. But no, the, you, you can throw the church under the okay, bus. That's, that's fine. Good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. With the tools you had been given to, how do I interpret? Uh, the God I've been told about, as, as Sharon and I talked about early on, I don't know when it was, we were like, yeah, I'm probably an atheist about your God too. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I've, I've, I have met that God too, and yeah. I do not believe, or, or, yeah. or sadly do believe and then think he's not the God. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a, I don't, I mean, yeah, that's, that's one of the things. Oh, and it's just for, heartbreaking. For anyone listening that is dealing with this um, or has dealt with it. One of the things that gave me a lot of comfort at the time um, was the woman with two pennies, right? Yes. Um, And so looking at it, and I actually yelled at a pastor about this uh, (laughs) because was still picking fights at this time Um, because he came by and was like, hey, these are the things that we want to say, you know, at his funeral. And uh, all of the things I was like, okay, you're not speaking at the funeral. <laughs> I was like, Oof. you you yeah. don't get to open your mouth. And if we need to have the funeral somewhere else, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're not speaking um, because, yeah. And I was like, because of course he talked about the evils of suicide. And I was like, okay, you're not allowed. Mm. You don't get to talk anymore. Gosh, uh, you're done. <laughs> mm. But one of the things that really spoke to me in that point was the the woman with two pennies right where jesus said that she has given the most despite the fact that she gave almost nothing she gave almost that's right right and it's like hey you know sure it was 23 years but at the end of the day it was everything Mm. and and so that was one of the things that i really held on to it was like yeah he gave us everything you know i'm sorry his everything wasn't 85 years Mm. and you know a wife and kids and a career and whatever but it was everything and Mm. so yeah, it was two pennies. That's really a beautiful way to think of it. Yeah. So that was one of the things that gave me a lot of um, comfort at that time. Um, and it, it comes down to, yeah, do do I believe that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I do and I don't at the same time. So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a that's that's a fun place to be. Yes. Yeah. That's That's awesome. Are there any particular, I'm curious, are there any, I mean, 
a God who would not have an accommodation for mental illness. Right. Obviously, I mean, yeah, there are plenty of people who don't, but that right. would be people. I could see that being if you if you were able to go like, oh yeah, God doesn't have an accommodation for mental illness. That I would be that would be deeply problematic for me too. You can imagine. Yeah. Is there are there any other ones that you're like and the hypervigilance, the I'm being brainwashed? I can right. imagine that you've yeah. got shields and armor going, full okay. shields all the time. Yeah. You know, Scotty. So that's like I <laughs> uh, don't want to let those things get through. Yeah. That all makes sense. Are there any other that are like it's a rub that you're like I think I just can't do this. One of the things that just got drilled into us so much was there are three things that are undeniable and always true about God. And it's that he's all good and he's all powerful and that he all good, all powerful and all knowing. Sorry. Mm. took me a second. I was like, wait, <laughs> what are the three things I've blocked it out? No, um, <laughs> all good and all powerful and all knowing. Right. And, right. and though, and all sorts of other things can be true at any point, but that those are the three things that are eternally true. Right. And then just looking at the world around me, I'm like, I, I don't know if I can believe that. Like I can believe any two of them. I, I, I get any two of them. I'm on board, but I can't see all three and, and see the world that has been constructed around us. And I know that the world is cursed and I know that, you know, humans brought sin into it. But he also says in Revelations, he's going to have a new heaven and new earth. And then in First Peter, he talks about it being incorruptible. You know, it's an inheritance that's incorruptible. And it's like, well, if you're capable of starting with an incorruptible, if you were capable of making an incorruptible new heaven and new earth, why don't we start with that one? You know, yeah, why right. Why make us run this rat race of misery? Hmm. Sorry for the depressing turn. No, uh, no, but no. Like, Good questions. For what? For what? Is it your ego? Is it your... um? Seeing it really like it makes you understand like, man, I see why these ancient cultures believed in in gods that were so human like. Right. Mm -hmm. No, I need you to worship me for my ego. And I am mm. petty. And, you know, you look at like the Norse the Greek... gods and all the Greek gods <laughs> yeah. and all the Roman gods. They're petty yeah. and they're jealous and they're. They're just, they're just humans with they're more power. They're just powerful, humans with more power. Which and is worse. It's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's worse, but it also makes more sense. I feel mm. like when you, when you look at the world, you're like, yeah, I mean, if there was somebody that was all powerful and all knowing and, and perfectly good, why does, why does this stuff exist? Mm. You know, so is it usually like the all good or is it one of the three rotates depending on the situation? Right. So like if you, in my brain, you yeah, know, yeah. if you look at any two of them, they make sense, right? If you know, if you're all knowing, you know, everything's going to happen and you're all good and you have the best intentions, but you're not all powerful. You can't oh, change it, it. Yeah. right? You can't do anything about it. Okay. Or you're all powerful and you're all knowing, but you're not good. Oh, you know, you can, yeah, you can you. be the puppet master or you're all powerful and you're all good. You make every decision with the best of intentions and you can change everything, but you don't gotcha. know everything that's right. going to happen. You know, gotcha, you're making yeah. these decisions game time and we'll see how it plays out. All any two of them make sense, you know, and you, and you just add that third one in there. And you're like, well, I can't. And, and it comes down. I understand. It comes down to like the classic. Can Is he powerful enough to make a rock you can't lift? Right. Um, what kind I, of engineering are you in? Mechanical. Mechanical. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it, if you're capable of making this incorruptible heaven and earth yeah. that you speak of, you know, how does that how does that reflect free will? I don't know. Mm -hmm. How does yeah. that, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend fair. like I'm, you know, those are the great expert those here. Are, no, that's <laughs> totally appropriate. Are, totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great questions. And growing up with, uh, educators, that's the, 
Um, I think I think I've said before, like my my the only way I can engage with all three of those as well is to assume. Like I was thinking, like I was thinking, if I came to you with an engineering problem, that I would expect you to understand it in ways that I don't. I'm like I'd for like, sure, like, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm gonna trust you on that one because <laughs> I stink at math. You yeah. just do. I tell you what, I'll hire you. You do it, and we'll build it. And right, and so I'm, I, and that's kind of what lends me to like, am I agnostic? I don't, I don't know exactly right. how yeah. that works. It's like I don't think I know everything, right? Right, uh, <laughs> and I don't think that like, oh, this is this argument that is the end all be all and Christianity is going to crumble underneath this thing that I thought of in 2023 that no <laughs> right, one else right. has ever thought of. Right. Um, but at the same time, I haven't found an answer that satisfies me. Right. And I'm not saying that Christianity is not it. You know, I, I'm a, I think that Christianity is, is incredible when, when taught properly. Mm. Yeah. Right. And the version you were doesn't answer any of these questions. Correct. And right. so that's yeah. one it of the things that I so really, that I've really yeah. loved about listening to your podcast is, um, it's been healing in some ways for me to be like, Hey, even that stuff that was taught to me, it was wrong. You know, like, <laughs> you're like, yeah. I was right about some of those. Hills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was right to fight yes. on that hill. That's exactly you know, right. I think the thing that <laughs> my just, battle sorry, is validated. That Absolutely. Is a great point. And it's like a vindication, you know, <laughs> uh, which is, I don't know if that's the right side of me to feed, but it's been, it's been really, really nice to like see some things like that. And, um, I think that they're, yes. I mean, I've read the Bible. I don't even know how many times we used to have to read it every year, beginning to end. Mm. Um, Sounds like in King James though. Oh, of course. Which is so confusing. Of course, King it's James. So that's hard the for only kids right kind of Bible. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, it isn't. Uh, every I'm sorry. That was, that was sarcasm. <laughs> I know it's sarcasm that for was you. definitely sarcasm. I'll bet we have people in the audience though. Oh, who yeah. would, That's a hill for they sure. would be tempted to die on. Yeah. yeah. King I James, the only... That's what Paul and Silas used. So <laughs> it's gotta be the exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry. No, you're fine. I think, I think the thing that's just still sticks with me. I told Brent about this is when I was, I was listening to your, is the Bible sexist podcast. Yes, I was like, I'm yes. going to listen to this before I go on there. And, and I think, I think it was Chris Sherrod actually, cause he was on that one or at the beginning and he was talking about the word for helper. Yes. Um, and how it, aside it, from Eve, it's exclusively used in reference to God. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and Bryn, I, I'm a huge lover of precise words. And Bryn yes. was like, that gives so much dignity, that word. I was like, yes, that's the perfect word yes. for that. And I, I loved it so much. And it, like, that gave me, you know, th that vindication of like, hey, this isn't some condescending, you know, which Not is at all. very much how it was structured mm -hmm. in, yes. in my grow up. Yeah, you're supposed to help. You you need to step back and you're you're helping. Mm. You yep. know, yeah. you're not taking the lead. You don't you're have value not. in and of yourself. Correct. That's yeah. right. You you have value for what you can add to someone else. Mm. Um, specifically a man, preferably. Right. Um, you know, you have value because you honored your father. You have value because you respected your husband and you followed mm. him and you obeyed him. And you have value because you are raising other men mm. to be leaders in the home and mm. to be, you know, and it's just so toxic. Yeah. Um, so just that dignity of that word was just so healing in some ways. And be like, yes, I was right. I should have thought about that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's totally. a great one. Yeah. Can I give you another one? Yes, please. Okay. You quoted be holy, be ye holy as I am holy. Correct. Which is from first Peter. Yes. Chapter one, verse 14 through 17. 
which I'm going to read. Um, so I'm going to start in verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. <laughs> but as he who <laughs> called you is holy, so you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear through the time of the exile, knowing that you are ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Okay, real quick. First, <clears throat> I know we're all running out of time here, but that's... No, it's fine. It's not going to be two hours, but it'll no, be... you're um, good. <laughs> I'm going to wrap up on this because... I'm, I had to, as a program that I was running, I memorized First Peter, and this one stopped me like a like I'd run into a brick wall. So it's really funny that you mentioned that. All the young men in IBLP were required to memorize all of First Peter. All of First Peter. Yeah. Oof. Well, it, the good news about memorizing all of First Peter is you come to a verse like that, but you have it in context, which... So the verse before, verse 13, first of all, says this, Therefore, preparing your minds for action, be sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Right. So then to assume that when Peter is the next three verses is Peter saying, therefore behavioral modification is the goal. <laughs> when 13 said, set your hope fully on the grace, not on your behavior, no. not on your performance, not on Correct. all that. And so it seems to be that he's saying you should, because you set your hope on the grace, right. therefore you should be holy. Now right. here's what's interesting. He actually says, as it is written, Dun, dun. So we should go to Leviticus 11, where it was written the first time. Yes. Which says, um, for, verse 45, for I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Oh, actually, let's go back a little bit more. It's, it is, he's listing a bunch of stuff about what you can eat, what the, the Hebrew people could eat and not eat. Right. Right. <clears throat> and he says, don't, you know, don't eat things that swarm and don't like, you know, ooh, ooh, like that's a huge temptation, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, man, those Locust. flies. Um, they yeah, delicious. Exactly. Locusts, they actually could eat, weirdly enough. Um, that's the one bug they could eat. Nice. Weirdly. Uh, yeah, again. So for you I am... You your protein in the desert exactly, somehow, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, you ever seen, uh, what's the movie, Hidalgo, where he eats the... Oh, anyway. yeah. For I am the Lord your God, consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy, for I am holy. You shall not defile yourself with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground. For I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Now, notice that what it says is be holy because I am holy. Yeah. And so to translate that is to be holy as I am holy, as the King James typically does, mm -hmm. is an error. For be holy for I am holy is the correct thing. So we're, we're inspired by him. Right. But here's what's wild. Holy means set apart, not perfect. Yeah. Mm. Therefore, be set apart by the way you eat, by yeah. the way you wear your hair, by the things you cook together and don't cook together. Most of those things were not moral. They were just ways of teaching the people be different yeah. from the people around you. And and that's why Jesus uh, disentangles those and helps explain what they're really all about. But so you'll know when you got that thing in your head that says, mm -hmm. be holy because as I am holy, understand that was not about, nor was it ever mm -hmm. about behavioral modification. Right. It was never about a behavior. It was about being inspired to be set apart 
willing to be set apart because he is set apart. Mm, yeah. So there you That's go. Cool. Let's, let's reinterpret that one yeah, for you. Yeah, I like that. I love that. Thank it, you. It, it, I'm telling you, it ripped me up when I was like, yeah. wait a minute, this sounds like God's going like, therefore nail this because yeah, I yeah. nailed it, you better nail it. Yeah. <laughs> that does not fit with anything else yeah, in First yeah. Peter. Yeah. You can't do this, so I'm doing it for exactly. you situation. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with Peter. Yeah. yeah. Peter would never say that. Mm. Oh, you got to get this right because... Lord knows I get it right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Sure you do, yeah, Peter. Yeah, sure, Peter. Sure, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so just struck me as you said that. That sounded like no, a curse good. in your brain yeah, still. Yeah, no, let for it go. sure. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> Sorry. Before Chris sings the whole song, yeah, exactly. let it go. <laughs> um, before we close, Catherine, first of all, I'm so thankful for you coming. It's yes, been very yeah. enlightening, Thanks very encouraging. Thanks for letting me come cry on your podcast. I <laughs> love it. Oh, and I think it's going to be really encouraging to our listeners, and I know I it's going to well. reach some people in a specific way. So I'm so thankful for your vulnerability and just a, like willingness to come on. Um, but before we close, is there anything that you would want our listeners to know? Like if they've been in a similar boat and any of the things you mentioned or like something you would want Christians to know, like don't ever, don't yeah, do this yeah. <laughs> or whatever <laughs> it is, what would you want our listeners to hear? Um, I just think, I think that growing up kindness was never, ever mm. like stressed, you know, there was never a point where it was like, Hey, you know, Maybe we should, and which is so absurd because reading the Bible, Jesus is so kind yeah. always to everyone, you know, except for the Pharisees. Shocker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I think that I would have really loved, I think kindness was a lesson that I learned way later in life. Mm. And I feel like I would have been truly a better person had that been stressed. Mm -hmm. Um, religiously in my <laughs> life previous mm. to that. And I think mm. that, I think that generally speaking, obviously broadly, mm. too many Christians are focused on being right. Oof. And too many Christians are focused on being, Oh, well this is, this is what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And regardless of where this person is in their life or what they've experienced, I need, I need to make sure they know what I think is right here. And it's like, eh, is that yeah. helpful to anyone mm. here? And is that really going to make your message heard? Cause I don't think so. That's um, a great point. And, and beyond that, I think, so that like on like a more personal level and then more on like a intellectual level, um, just being wary of anything that preaches, like markets itself as like the simple end all be all right. Like I think the people in this room are incredibly educated and, and know far more about the Bible and translations and all of that than I ever have. And I've studied quite a bit all, you know, in oh, addition to that, yeah, right. You know your stuff. Uh, but, but I mean, you guys are, you've dedicated your life to this and I'm not going to be like, Oh yeah, I know that. But mm -hmm. you know, so, and at the same time, I don't think any of y'all are out here being like, well, the Bible's simple. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> at all. Right? Totally. Yeah. Totally simple. You just read it and you know, and I think that that's a big marketing ploy for IBLP was, Hey, we've simplified it. Here are the seven principles to healthy living. Yeah. Here are the five principles to raising a strong willed child. Here are the, you know, and they were really big on that. Like just narrowing it down. Here's the five things you need to know about this subject. It's right? like a formula. Exactly. Just like a formula. You, you plug in these factors into your life and it outputs, um, good kids, mm. you know, or it outputs, uh, um, a mm. healthy relationship with God. And, um, and I think that that's one thing that I have a huge aversion to for sure, even with the modern church of like just an oversimplification. I like to call it lunchbox Jesus. Mm. Um, you know, he's <laughs> that's just, a good picture. Yeah. He's just fits in that little lunchbox with a smiley face on it and everybody's mm. happy, you know? And I think that just 
seeking to oversimplify anything is always going to be lead you down a direction that I don't think is biblical in any way, you know, like, Hey, we have all the answers. No, you probably don't. Yeah, <laughs> I know? think we would resoundingly agree with yeah, that. Yeah. And I <laughs> think that's, I think that's one of the things that really drew in my parents, right? Like, Hey, we have all the answers and, mm. and they're like, Oh, well we want the answers. We want to do the right thing. And right. so and I'm not trying, like I said, I'm not trying to villainize anybody mm-hmm. in, yeah. I'm, I'm villainizing people in charge, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you should get some millstones tied around your neck. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the people seeking God and seeking truth, like yeah. I, I understand that. And I, I respect the decisions to try and provide something better for you, your kids than you had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just is a really dangerous slippery slope to be like, oh, this is this is the absolute undeniable truth. And mm. I, I'm fine with you saying that about the Bible, but if you feel like you have the un- <laughs> absolute undeniable translation of that, let's, let's chat a little bit, right? Man, that's yeah. so good. Such good insights. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Wonderful. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. So for much. Me. I really, I yeah. really enjoy talking. We may about have to do this again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is awesome. I'm in. It's awesome. been great. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up. Trust God. Search for answers. All right, done.